Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Out of the box comes Kulikov, and Minnesota has numbers. Goes to Kulikov, he shoots, he scores! Out of the penalty box, Dmitry Kulikov beats Frederick Anderson, and it's a 2-0. Minnesota walks speeding down the wing, it's Vincent Trocek. Trocek leaves it back, Svechnikov cross ice, and a big save by Florian Natchez! Flurry has been sharp tonight. Now Natchez, he'll get it to Niederreiter, he cuts it in, Flurry with the save! Niederreiter to the loose puck, behind the net for Natchez. And now up to Fiala as the loose puck's controlled by Minnesota, deposited in the cane zone, Kaprizov tries a fancy pass to Zuccarello, side of the net, he scored! Kirill Kaprizov had about a millimeter to fit that puck past Frederick Anderson, and he found it. Carolina now down 3-0 here in the third period. Svechnikov back to Slavin. This is worth the cross. they score! Out front, Tavo Teravainen deflects the Ajo pass. The finish connection gets the Canes on the board. They trail 3-1 with 6.19 left in the Kept third. In the blue line by Slavin. He winds it back. Nature's no score! Oh, it's waved off, though. Immediately waved off by the official. Would appear the call on the ice will be no goal. We're within the window that it's an automatic league review if there is a challenge. The, the call on the ice is no goal due to goaltender first. Okay, so for- this is the Canes Corner podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. It's been a long night. Uh, And it was a long night for the Carolina Hurricanes in spite of playing well against the Minnesota Wild. They got Marc-Andre Fleuried tonight. Um, This is going to be a quickie. Just want to warn you people. There was a lot going on Saturday evening. uh, But I wanted to give you something. Uh, So we're going to give you this. Uh, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Siding, roofing, windows, entry door, storm doors, gutter helmets, you know. They get it done. Free no obligation estimate online, aluminumcompany.com. Uh, we're going to uh, spend a few minutes on the game. We're going to spend a few minutes on uh, certain elements about the team. And we're going to go to a mailbag, and this is going to be pretty quick. So if you're walking the dog, probably not going to spend a lot of time. Uh, I will I would like to say this. Congratulations to the University of North Carolina. That was a hell of a win tonight. A hell of a, at least one team called Carolina uh, won tonight. So it's not uh, it's not all bad. Look, I know, I know, I know. Just, uh, Hurricanes fans lean more towards NC State. I'm not sure why. Uh, but uh, no worries. Canes are pretty good. 
Cage is still pretty doggone good. Uh, we'll talk about the bigger picture uh, in a little bit. Uh, but congratulations to the Tar Heels. I asked Rod Brindamore before the game. I said, uh, you want to make a prediction? I said, you're going to corner me? I said, sure. Uh, yes, I'm cornering you. He says, well, why don't you make one? I said, all right, I got Duke. He went, I agree with you. Guess what? Neither of us were right. It is what it is. All right, let's get to it. They lose 3-1 to the Wild, swept in the season series by Minnesota. I've been, I said this the first time Carolina played Minnesota, and I know they go through their ups and downs. Their only dynamic offense really is Kirill Kaprizov. They're just a basically a grinded-out team, uh, but they're very good defensively. They're incredibly active. Now they're getting superior goaltending. And it's not just Flurry. Cam Talbot was just the reigning player of the week, right? So uh, they have they get excellent goaltending. Uh, and they do have that elite, elite level talent. Kabrizov now has 39 goals. He's got, like, I think, what, 85 points? I mean, he's, he's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, all right, let's... Kind of big picture of the game first. I think Carolina was the better team than Minnesota. I don't think they were dramatically better, but I think they were the better team. Through two periods, I mean, Carolina really had the upper hand. First period is kind of even. Second period, I mean, should have scored three goals. They didn't score any. I understand we're kind of used to it. To me, this was different than in games where they were piling up a lot of shots but not getting anything for it. I think, actually, that this is the one where a goaltender stole the game. Because Carolina did... If if Carolina had shot the puck this way against the Rangers and Gorgiev, against the Dallas Stars... Uh, and uh, whoever the heck played goal for the Dallas Stars that day. I'm, I don't know why I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, or uh, Shelgren from Toronto. Uh, like, m- most of these losses that they have suffered, uh, suffered in spite of really being the better team. Those games, to me, were not products of a goalie stealing the game. I thought tonight was. I thought the game against the Wild was. I thought thought Carolina lost this game in the second period where they were clearly the better team, way more dangerous, and lost the period 1-0. What are you going to do? The guy's going into the Hall of Fame for, for a reason. He's going to go down uh, as one of the top five or ten goaltenders of all time. He's arguably the best goaltender of his era. Again, first ballot Hall of Famer. But this is, the Canes lost this game, I think, in the second period. Should have scored, didn't. Marc-Andre Fleury happened. Um, After that, I thought Carolina was good in the first. I thought they gave up too much in the first. But they probably got as much as they gave. Third period, I think Minnesota... Just kind of tried to lock it down. And then when they scored the third goal, man, they were going to push anything ahead. I may, uh, I am, will forever be a skeptic on third period totals 
and uh, style. If there's a pretty, you know, a two-goal lead going into the third, I mean, most teams are going to be just a little bit cautious in that situation. And I think Minnesota plays a perfect style to protect the lead. Um, and they did tonight. Carolina eventually got one, but it was when it was 3-0 by that point. And ultimately, I think that they lost this game really in the second period. Um, about goaltending, we're going to go through the goals and the moments in a second. About goaltending, not a good night for Freddie Anderson. At least two of the goals need to be stopped. The second goal, the uh, uh, Dmitry Kulikov goal, right after the power play expires. Kulikov's the one coming out of the box. I mean, it's not even in tight. It's sort of, you know, a, you know just inside the face-off circle to the left. And he gets beat five-hole. That's just, you can't, that can't happen. The third goal, the Kirill Kaprizov goal. Um, sharp angle. Freddie just slow getting over. Can't happen. Both of those goals hurt. And frankly, I'm not even sure that the first goal wasn't bad too. So I thought it was an uncharacteristically uh, poor night for Freddie Anderson. Every goal is going to have him. Um, and we'll, when we get to the, the mailbag portion of this, we'll talk more about Freddie Anderson. Uh, but I think he wants all three goals back, probably. I, it didn't look like the third goal was deflected because the only real, I think the only real body that looked like it might have touched the puck was who was... Uh, in the slot. I forget who was in the slot for uh, for Minnesota. Regardless, it looked like it went off Freddie and it. Now, maybe it was deflected on the way in, but the, the goal has not been changed. The goal um, is Matt Zuccarello's who took the shot. So maybe there was a hurricane body there. I'm just trying to remember it now. I don't, I'm not sure that there was a body close enough to deflect it, but maybe there was. Uh, and then that would be the goal that would be acceptable. Other than that, the other two I didn't like. Um, and again, we'll talk more about Freddie uh, when we get to the mailbag portion of this. Um, I thought Carolina struggled to get to the middle of the ice hunting rebounds. Minnesota, by the way, same thing. We had four total rebound attempts in this game. Four. <laughs> So it was basically one and done. Great defensive rebounding for uh, for both of these teams tonight. Um, but you know, if you when you're struggling to get pucks past a guy like Flurry, who really was spectacular tonight, then you're going to have to go get a greasy one or two in this case, uh, and they just couldn't buy one. Now, some of that is poor puck luck and the uh, rebound not bouncing uh, where you hope it would bounce because the puck is flat and it's so it doesn't bounce the way it's supposed to all the time. But for whatever reason, the Hurricanes just could not get really down deep in the middle of the ice. They couldn't, they couldn't get inside Minnesota's defense. And that has happened before. 
So we've seen it happen before. When Carolina can get inside the uh, the opposing defense, they're usually pretty doggone dangerous. Not always, but usually. Um, but they couldn't really get inside that box tonight. And again, I keep pointing this out. Or I shouldn't say I keep pointing it. I've pointed it out in other places. We haven't talked about it a ton here about Minnesota. But that's a team that, you know, added some pieces. Delorier, um, Tyson Yost, and oh yes, Mark Andre Fleury. So, I mean, the Fleury ad is a is a huge, huge ad. Also, and I will say this about the trade deadline. Sometimes it isn't so much who you add, but that you add. Because it does tell the locker room something. It tells the locker room that we believe this team has a chance. We just need this to help get us over the hump. So the Wild went out and got a little bit of size. Right? You got a little bit of size. And that's good. And then then they go and they get a Hall of Fame goaltender. I mean, (laughs) they're going for it. Good for the Minnesota Wild. Good for the Minnesota Wild. And I'm not even here to criticize the Hurricanes for, we don't know what the the outcome is going to be with Max Domi. He's played much better the last few games. I think he's been very impactful, uh, certainly the last two, maybe three, uh, or however long it's been since he got into the lineup. But it is a, it is sort of a, you get what you pay for. They weren't willing to give up what the Rangers gave up to get uh, Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg, who I think would have been a perfect fit on this team. Um, they weren't willing to go to go for a bigger piece. Max Domi might be the perfect piece. I'm not even criticizing the Max Domi deal, but I don't know if it's good or bad. We'll find out. When the regular season ends and the playoffs begin, because that's when all these moves have to matter. The Hurricanes are going to make the playoffs. Had a back and forth on Twitter with somebody about um, you know who you're rooting for in the Islanders, Rangers. We want the island. We want the Rangers to beat the Islanders. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Why do we care what the Islanders are doing? Well, because magic number points. You know, ma- the magic number for points is four for Carolina. By the way, it remains four. Uh, meaning four points that the Hurricanes either gain or four points the Islanders do not, that would guarantee, that would uh, clinch a playoff spot for Carolina. My feeling is, Canes are going to make playoffs. I ain't worried about picking up four points. I could pick up four points by accident. So they're going to make the playoffs. But what you really want is to establish yourself as the true number one in the Metropolitan Division. So I'm okay with the Islanders beating the Rangers. I'm okay with the, with anybody beating the Rangers or the Penguins because those are the two teams that are chasing Carolina. I don't, I'm not worried about making the playoffs. And we, we went back and forth for a little bit and this gentleman is dug in. No, you got to, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I just, it's okay. You, you're You're entitled to feel that way. But the way I look at it, Canes are going to make the playoffs. That's not even a question. Um, 
they're not going to finish first. I don't believe they're the the president's trophy or even the Eastern Conference best. I don't think they'll be the one seed. I think they'll be the two seed, if you can do it that way. Uh, I think they'll be the second best division winner. And who they match up with in the first round of the playoffs, you know, we won't know. It looks like it's either Boston or Washington, but I would point out that the Atlantic division is not spread out. After Florida, who's got 100 points, after coming back from a 6-2 deficit in New Jersey to win 7-6 in overtime. Crazy. Gustav Forsling with two goals, including the game winner. Um, Toronto, Tampa, and Boston are separated by three point, by two points. Toronto is technically in second. Tampa is in third, each with 93 points. Boston has 91. They're seven points ahead of Washington. Neither side has a game in hand. I think they both played 68. So, with all of that said, it looks like if you finish second, you get wild card one, and it's either going to be Boston, Tampa, or Toronto. That's a hell of a first-round matchup, but I would say that it's the Eastern Conference and Anybody you played in round one was going to be hard. Was going to be hard. Would I'd rather play Boston or Washington than Toronto or Tampa. But honestly, I don't think it matters. I don't. I don't think it matters. I think Carolina can beat all those teams. It, it's, it's not a... I'm not down on the Hurricanes. I think they can win against any of those teams. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's take a quick run through the uh, the I guess the goals, sort of, because we're not really going to go through a lot of goals. Carolina only had one, uh, and then uh, now I'll answer some questions and we'll get out of here. Uh, so look, here we go. Carolina didn't have anything to show for the first uh, for the first period. Minnesota did. They did it on the power play. Matt Zuccarello's twentieth from Kirill Kaprizov. And Jared Spurgeon, here's the here's the play, essentially. Spurgeon takes a shot from the right point, and it doesn't get through. It's blocked. But it falls beautifully to Kaprizov along the right wall, and Kaprizov finds Matt's Zuccarello, and it's one nothing. Zuccarello, his shot with some traffic in front of Freddie, Looked like it hit Freddie and bounced in. It might have hit somebody else first, but I couldn't tell um, unless uh, unless I just saw a bad replay. Uh, but it didn't look like it hit anything but Freddie. And it's a goal. And it's if if that's what it did, it's not a good one. But I reserve the right to backtrack that if I can see that. Oh yeah, the puck was deflected because maybe it was. Um, but it was not a good night for Freddie, as I said a little bit ago. So Zuccarello gets his 20th on the power play. Uh, the Hurricanes had a power play also in the second period. And uh, they didn't do much with it. It wasn't, a, wasn't abysmal, but they didn't score. Uh, and then Dmitry Kulikov, who committed the penalty, comes out of the box. Um, and as he's coming out of the box, Martin Natchez makes a very lazy pass in the offensive zone 
and it goes the other way. <laughs> it just goes the other way. Uh, what Jonas Brodeen picked uh, picked off the puck. He skates it out, gets it to Tyson Jost, who goes to Kulikov, and he beats Freddie Anderson five hole. Out of the box comes Kulikov, and Minnesota has numbers. Yost to Kulikov, he shoots, he scores. Out of the penalty box, Dmitry Kulikov beats Frederick Anderson, and it's a 2-0 Minnesota Wild lead. Yeah, it was just 4-10 into the period, and uh, that was frankly uh, pretty ugly. Didn't like anything about it. I liked the pass the least. Natchez has to be better with the puck. He had a couple of mistakes tonight. This is the one that ended up in your net, but Natchez has to be better with the puck because if he's not, you just can't afford that in the postseason. You absolutely can't afford those kind of plays in the postseason. Now, now here's really the game for me in a nutshell. It's already two nothing. And Marc-Andre Fleury is determined to keep it that way. Speeding down the wing, it's Vincent Trocek. Trocek leaves it back. Spetsnikov cross ice, and a big save by Fleury on Natchez. Fleury has been sharp tonight. Now Natchez, he'll get it to Niederreiter. He cuts it in. Fleury with the save. Niederreiter to the loose puck. Behind the net for Natchez. And now up to Fiala as the loose puck's controlled by Minnesota. Four. Flurry was the difference tonight. No question about it. Flurry was the difference. Uh, we go to the third period. It's already 2 uh, nothing Minnesota. Uh, and Kaprizov's 39th goal of the season comes at a very sharp angle. Fairly tight to the goal as well. Um, and here's the way the play develops. Uh, it's a rush up the ice by Kaprizov. Um, he tried, he goes around, beats the defense, goes around behind the net and tries a fancy between the legs pass in front to Zuccarello. Um, now the puck doesn't get through legs. I think it actually hit Brady Shea's leg. It could have been his own, but, um, it doesn't get through. It doesn't get to the front of the net. Uh, and Zuccarello rather than pick up a, uh, uh, a pass at the side of the goal ultimately had to collect the puck pretty much behind the goal. Um, and Kabrizov continued skating. Remember, he was the one uh, trying to get it out in front. He was behind the goal, so he just continued skating around in a counterclockwise motion. He was at about, oh, two o'clock from the goaltender, from Freddie. And Zuccarello just picked the puck up and continued that way. And he gave it to Kaprizov at a very tough angle. And Freddie Anderson was slow to get over. End of story. Uh, It's the one thing that I have noticed all year long. Freddie, on those wraparound chances, does not go post-to-post very quickly. Carolina did get a goal back. Tavo Teravainen. Uh, from Sebastian Ajo and Jacob Slave. And this is pretty pretty interesting stuff in that it's a good, uh, you know, hold in the zone by Slavin, who then gets it down low to Svechnikov. He goes back to Slavin. The diagonal pass to Ajo was great. The one-timer 
shot pass to Tavo Teravainen in the slot was even better. Back to Slavin. This is worth the cross down score! Out front, Tavo Teravainen deflects the Ajo pass. The finish connection gets the Canes on the board. They trail 3-1 with 6.19 left in the third. And they also, uh, they pulled Freddie with like three and a half left. And um, not sure this was with the extra attacker or not. Might have been just before it. But they came dangerously close to getting another goal. Nino Niederreiter was in front. The puck had eyes. But the referee has eyes. And the referee thinks he saw goaltender interference. And you can't tell these folks nothing. Kept in at the blue line by Slavin. He winds it back. Nature still score! Oh, it's waved off, though. Immediately waved off by the official. Would appear the call on the ice will be no goal. We're within the window that it's an automatic league review if there is a challenge. The call on the ice is no goal due to goaltender first. Okay, so first. And they didn't even waste any time. They probably took 30 seconds before they determined that it was goaltender interference. I mean, it's really in the eye of the beholder. Um, Nino went in there on his own, but he was also kept there by, I guess, I think it was Spurgeon again. So, I mean, I think he was trying to get out, but he wasn't trying hard enough to get out, I guess. And I don't necessarily blame him, uh, but because he was in the crease, the, uh, the goal was waved off. And upon further review, they weren't willing to change that to a goal. So there you go. It really would have just made it three, two, but that's that. All right. Now let's get to a couple of quick questions. Uh, and then we will wrap this up since it's way late. I didn't even start recording this until after the basketball game was over. We'll start with Danny Z. Is our talent outclassed by the other elite team's top talent? Outclassed? I mean, in some cases, their top talent is better than Carolina's top talent. Right? I mean... I think it's fair to say that um, Tampa's top talent, Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, I mean, theoretically, maybe they outperformed Carolina's, but they really didn't on the score sheet. I mean, Ajo's been good against Tampa, um, if, if I recall correctly anyway, and maybe I don't because it is late. I'm kind of punchy. Um, but... I mean, I'll just big. I think the best way to answer this is to kind of broad brush it. I think Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov are not quite at the level of some of the other elite offensive players. That doesn't mean they're not great players. I mean, they're both big time scorers, right? Ajo's got thirty one goals. You don't you don't luck your way into thirty one goals. Svechnikov has, I think, 27 this year, 26 or 27. He's probably going to end up with 30. I, empty net goals are great. He doesn't have that many empty net goals. doesn't have like 15 empty net goals. Um, so, yeah, I think Carolina's talent, if you look at Florida or Toronto 
or Tampa or Washington, yeah, then I think Carolina's two offensive superstars, Aho and Svechnikov, are not necessarily at the level of some of the other superstars. You know, Barkov, Huberdeau, those guys are elite, elite, talented offensive players. Um, Crosby, I mean, look, Marner, <laughs> Matthews, this, they're, they're just different. So those guys are the upper, upper, upper crust. And to this point, Ajo has simply been upper crust. I mean, he's still one of the best, I don't know, 15 forwards, 15, certainly 15 centers in the sport. So I'm not, uh, I'm not bent out of shape over it. Um, Carolina as a team is where they are because of all the players they have, not just those guys. Uh, all right, we'll move on. I mean, I hope I hope that answers uh, your question, Danny. From Sanford Bell, can they make it to the Cup? Very simple. Very simple. The answer is yes. Any, but any team that makes the playoffs can. Eh, West, I think there'll be teams that make the playoffs that can't. But I think every team in the Eastern Conference that is going to make the playoffs, and we know the eight. The Islanders are hanging on by a thread. But we know the eight. Canes, Rangers, Penguins, Capitals in the Metropolitan Division, Panthers, Maple Leafs, Lightning, Bruins in the Atlantic. So, um, but yes, they can make they can make the Cup. They're a great defensive team. They're a difficult team to play against when they get the puck behind the defense, which didn't happen as much tonight as it did against Montreal. Carolina was good. But they weren't as good getting the pucks behind Minnesota's defense. And I will say, I think Minnesota's defense is very, very underrated. Very underrated. Um, so, yes, the answer is yes, they can, Sanford. I'm not making them the favorite. So, we'll take a look at the matchups when we get there. Um, I'm actually not, shouldn't say I'm not worried, because I think any team can beat any other team in the playoffs, in the East. I don't think there's anybody that has that big of an advantage over anybody they face. If Florida has to play Boston, I don't think it'll be easy. Or if they have to play Washington, I don't think it'll be easy. Well, we're not, I don't, I'm not 100% sold that Sergei Bobrovsky is stand-on-your-head Sergei Bobrovsky, but, I mean, he's certainly very good. Um, so that's, uh, there you go. That's Sanford Bell from, uh, Matthew Les, uh, Leska, Leska, gosh, from Matthew Yesko. I don't know. Maybe it's takeoff of Matthew Lesko. Seth Jarvis might score 15 or more goals this year, but would it have been, I'm sort of paraphrasing here. Uh, would he have been better off going to the WA, WHL Western hockey league playing for Portland? That was his junior team to bulk up and also to give the Hurricanes a more favorable contract situation with Jarvis. I'll explain that in a second. Is there anybody on the Wolves who could have given Carolina 15 goals and 20 assists? Because that's basically where Jarvis is going to be. All right. There are a lot of questions there. First of all, nobody bulks up in junior hockey. 
Yeah, the only way you bulk up is by getting older, unless your body is already naturally that big. Seth Jarvis' body is not naturally that big. He does get bumped off the puck a fair amount, um, but the Hurricanes, and this is what really I think should please everybody, they could have played the contract game. They could have actually kept him from unrestricted, I'm sorry, restricted free agency a year longer because they could have essentially slid his contract by not playing him in more in 40 or more games. Actually, I think the number was 39. Once he played in 39, that's a year. So now the Hurricanes only have two more years left on his entry-level deal. But if he had played, uh, I think, 38 or fewer, then, or maybe the number's 40, and he's so, so 39 or fewer, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a little unclear about that, um, then it wouldn't have counted towards free agency. So he would have had a third year. It's actually not RFA, it's UFA. So he still would have been, you still would have had to pay him after two years, after th- or after three years. Uh, but he doesn't become unrestricted until after, uh, would have been an additional year. So you would have had him, uh, had his, had control of him through year eight or year nine as opposed to year eight. So anyway, um, so I, I like the fact that the Hurricanes were not thinking about saving money, right? Uh, they were, they're looking for the best players. Uh, so I like it by the way. Um, uh, that's that. And also, uh, and by the way, the only way you're going to bulk up is to get older. Uh, and then is there anybody in the wolves that can score 15 to 20 goals? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, I think Jack Drury, if he played the entire season in the NHL would probably be around that mark. Um, but they didn't have a spot for him. Such is life. That's why your team is good. Uh, And then, let's see, we have uh, Brent Lalas, who is complaining about first period scoring woes. I get it. You got to have that in the playoffs. Yeah, I get it. But then he tags it with, especially the last few years in the postseason. Well, the Hurricanes have been in the postseason for, this will be the fourth year, so the last three years. Uh, they weren't awesome against Nashville, didn't get the most out of that. They Frankly, in many games, they weren't the better team. They won the series in six. Um, and then against Tampa, fell apart. Uh, but the year before, I mean, they had no problem with the Rangers before meeting the Bruins in bubble hockey. And the year before that, scored enough to beat Washington, scored enough to beat the Islanders. And by the way, their goals, I don't think you're going to see teams scoring six, seven goals in the playoffs. Um, and first period, I mean, Carolina didn't get one tonight, but they had, for the most part, for much of the last week. So, like, goal scoring comes and goes. I'd be concerned about scoring in the playoffs regardless of whether or not they were scoring now. It can just go away that fast. It just can. And then it can come back out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you can't stop scoring. Um, so it just it just happens that way. I, I, Arizona had a three-game stretch not that long ago, like six weeks ago, 
where they scored like eight, seven, four, five, and they they were averaging like five and a half goals a game for about five or six games. So it's going to happen. You're going to go through peaks and valleys. I'm not uh, I'm not concerned based on what I've seen here. Uh, and even if there were no lulls, I would still be somewhat concerned going into the postseason because I think every team is unless you have proven it before. Uh, all right, let's see. From uh, Love Steph, why can't the Canes win during a Duke-North Carolina Final Four game? Good point. I have no response to that other than I agree. It would, it's a shame that the Hurricanes didn't win. All right, final question. Uh, and this is from uh, Josh Epita- uh, Epitanio, Epifanio, I think. Could Ronta get some playoff action? Yeah, he could. I don't think he will, but he could. Really depends on how Freddie plays. You don't have a lot of back-to-backs in the playoffs. Pretty much every game is separated by one day, sometimes two. Uh, but for the most part, every other day in the playoffs. And yeah, I could see uh, Freddie, if he's not playing great, I could see your Auntie Ronta getting a start. Hurricanes have always used two goaltenders in the playoffs, although in year one, making the playoffs, it was going to be Peter Morozik until he got hurt against the Islanders. So, I don't know. Uh, but I think the answer is, yeah, I could see Ronta getting uh, a playoff start or two. Somebody also pointed out, and I forget who this was, uh, that Freddie ha- that Ronta has been better than Freddie uh, lately. And, yeah, if you go back and you take each of their last 10 games as a sample size, Freddie's been, be- uh, actually, Ronta has been better, but it ain't like Freddie's been bad. If you just use save percentages as a guide, uh, in the in Ronta's last 10 games, I think, but I think it was 10 games before the game in Tampa, um, then his save percentage is like 927. And in Anderson's last 10 games, his save percentage was 921. Like, Ronta's is better. But it ain't like Freddie's bad. Anyway, here's what I did. Because, you know, Freddie had the concussion scare, I guess, in the first game against Washington and missed a few games. So here's each of their last stretch, because Ronta has also had some injury issues. So which goalie would you rather have? 926 save percentage, 4, 3, and 1, 14 goals allowed in 8 games. 14 goals allowed in 8 games. Or would you rather have the... Um, goalie with a 925 save percentage, 4, 1, and 3, better record, more points, right? Uh, by, uh, by two points, and 19 goals allowed in eight games. So you've allowed five more goals. Second guy's allowed five more goals than the first guy, but he has a better record. Which would you rather be? Like, when you're talking about goalies, you're talking about the analytics of it all, and the the simple analytic is save percentage. Freddie's had the better save percentage, 926 to 925. Freddie had the worst record, 4-3-1 and one, to 4-1-3. and three. But he'd also allowed the fewer goals, 14 to 19. Freddie's been really good all year. 
and that's all I'm going to say. Freddie's Freddie's fine. It's not the uh, uh, he wasn't good tonight, but Freddie is not the problem. No, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, like everything else. All bets are off when we get to the playoffs. Uh, with that said, it's the Canes Corner podcast. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Uh, you can follow us, and it shows up automatically in your phone wherever you get your podcast. So let's do that uh, so you don't have to ask me questions on Twitter at a gold fan. Hey, did you do a podcast? Yeah, I did a podcast, and I'm tired as all get out because I had to wait until after Duke and Carolina played one of the all-time national semifinal games won by the Tar Heels. So uh, go Heels for you Carolina fans. Um so I didn't even start doing the podcast till after midnight. So, and my eyes are uh, barely staying open. Uh, with that said, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it there. Online, aluminumcompany.com. Free no obligation estimate can be had. So if you want to make your home more beautiful and energy efficient, Aluminum Company of North Carolina is who you want to talk to. I'm Adam. We'll talk to you next week. Canes a home and home with the Buffalo freaking Sabres. Yeah. Good night. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.